Ladies and gentlemen, the recipients of the National Jefferson Award and the number one New York Times best-selling author, your host, Dave Pelzer. Hello, America and the world at large. This is your host, Dave Pelzer, as always, speaking to you in my own voice, now more than ever, in my own voice, attempting to try to save America and, with this show in particular, the world at large from itself, starting with me. And as always, I desperately want to thank you for your time and energy, your thoughts and prayers, and for giving us a listen. It truly means the world to me. After I do every single show, it inspires me to do better, to be better, to reach out a little bit more, to be just a little bit more patient, a little bit more kind, particularly as the world changes over and over again. I have not seen in my lifetime so many changes so fast and it is a different world for all of us and it can change on a dime and I know how precious your time is I truly believe that particularly when you you're raising kids or trying to keep a job that has changed dramatically now that things are starting to open up hopefully finally we'll talk more about that a little bit later but I just value your time and I appreciate the thoughts and prayers, and I am with you. If you think you are alone, never, never doubt the sound of my voice or the sincerity of my heart. You are not alone. You are, you are worth, you, you, you are special, you are unique, and we all have a mission. And I somehow think, particularly with this show, that maybe this is part of my mission. So I'm just trying to say thank you from the bottom of my heart to give us a chance. If you're new to the show, listen to two or three, and you'll get it. You'll get it. I'm not the best host in the world. I'm not trying to be smooth and articulate every sentence of every, every syllable perfectly with certain inflections. No. I'm going to speak from my heart as best as I can. I will always give you my best. So thank you, all of you, so much. So the first question we always ask, which is the most important question, is, how are you? Deep breaths. Mm. How are you doing today? Do not worry about tomorrow for each trouble. Each day has enough trouble of its own. We all know that as of over two years ago. But it's so important as we start to get out of COVID that we really take good care of ourselves i'm making sure that i'm gonna i'm working out more i gotta back off on my weights because i i'll miss with my elbow uh, uh but i'm working out more i'm trying to eat better of course i just went to mickey d's about an hour and a half ago and i had to get a uh, you know a hamburger who i almost cried with every bite but <laughs> i'm just trying to say please take care of yourself this whole thing about life is not an overnight flip the switch and three payments in 1995 and we lose 100 pounds or we can text Twinder. To, uh, what's that? There's dating apps that you can text or non-slide or no-slide, whatever. It's called Tinder. And I just saw a, uh, on a side note here, I'm sorry. I saw, I think it was on Showtime or, or no, no, Netflix. I'm sorry, Netflix is called the Tinder Swindler. And it scared the crap out of me. Oh, I shouldn't use that language. I'm sorry, but it scared the bejesus out of me. These women in their 40s, they're, you know, and they're looking for love. Got to find instant love. This one lady said that um, 
Dating used to be you went out, you were friends. You socialized. You bowled, you played pool, uh, social gatherings, or you went to a bar and you met someone, you know, and, you know, whatever romance or whatever you call it. And this lady once said that 95% of all dating, particularly as you grow older, is through the Internet, the dating sites. You know, and I'm like, well, mm, that's not for me. But these ladies, in this one case, it's a true story, how they were swindled by this young guy who claims to be um, the son of a diamond baron. And he has Lamborghinis and rents jets and goes to all the parties and buys all the champagne and is with all these model girls. And all he does was take money from one girl to spend on another girl and take money from her to spend on another and another and another. And it was like a giant Ponzi scheme. What frightened me is at the end, one girl was taken for like $400,000. And it was a documentary. They said, well, what did you learn? Well, you can't trust everybody. Well, are you still dating? Well, uh, uh, are you still on Tinder? Tinder? Yes, and I'm still looking for love. I'm like, oh, my goodness. So I'm saying, please be careful. If it sounds too good to be true, chances are whether it's love or money, or uh, instantaneous relationships, uh, whatever. It sounds too good to be true. It probably is. So I'm just trying to say nicely before we get into the show here. Take care of yourself. Have some good you time. Okay, because I've gotten a lot of texts, or not texts, I've gotten a lot of emails and you know questions on the Facebook, whatever, about Dave, I'm going through a divorce, or Dave, I'm lonely, and, and Dave, I don't know what to do. Maybe what you should do is just spend time with yourself. That's why I say date yourself on the last show. Take good care of yourself on the last show. Your, yourself, it should be a priority. People like me run around the world, and we save other people from themselves, and we ruin ourselves in the process. I am evidence of that. So all I'm trying to convey is whether you're a mom, whether you're a young lady, whether you're, you're elderly and you think you're all alone, you're fine. Just take care of you with all that you do. Well, I got to tell you, folks, getting to the show now, I had a real big show, real, real, real big show planned for you. Because anybody who knows me knows I love March. March is everything to me. I, I kind of celebrate my birthday. Of course, I celebrate the holidays. I celebrate every season. I love every season, but spring-a-ding-ding, as I call it, is my favorite. Why? Because I was rescued on the first Friday when I was a very young person. My teachers called the police. The officer took one look at me, said, oh, my God, this is beyond child abuse. He took me in protective custody. And you have to understand, ladies and gentlemen, if you're new to the show, there weren't any penal codes to protect babies, children, or those even trying to protect children back in that day. These teachers who rescued me by calling the authorities, my nurse and three or four teachers and the school principal, they thought they were going to lose their jobs. At age 12, they finally had had it because I showed up to school, and I didn't find this out till years later, almost 20 years later. I showed up to school on this one Friday with no skin on my arms. All I had was these little, I was told by my teacher, Mr. Ziegler, tw about 20 years after the rescue, because I was working on the project that eventually became the book, A Child Called It. 
he said, I show up this this school with no skin on my arms. And I had this uh, gray, blotchy burns, uh, 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 circles of burns. And I guess I was peeling it off because my mother had dipped my limbs in a mixture of ammonia and Clorox, and it ate the skin. I did not rinse it off, which was stupid because I was so afraid about not doing my chores in time. I couldn't take 10 seconds stupidly just to rinse off the solution, and it ate my skin. And this was the after being stabbed, after being thrown in a room with a mixture of ammonia and Clorox, which can kill you, after swallowing ammonia twice in 24 hours in front of my father, a firefighter in San Francisco at the time. So I swallowed ammonia twice in 24 hours, the last time in front of my own father. After not being fed for 10 whole days without a morsel of food, after being beaten, after living in a basement, after being the family slave, after being thrown away uh, one winter, Saturday winter, that my mom threw me out of the house and I didn't have, basically, I had a little bit of shreds of clothes. And my fantasy was I'm going to run away to find the Russian River where I had a good time with my family before things went crazy. I was going to crawl under the Golden Gate Bridge. How crazy is that? I was going to crawl under the Golden Gate Bridge mm -hmm, so no one would see me, right, and live under the bridge in the Russian River. Yeah. After everything I endured, after everything, after stealing thousands and thousands of sc lunches, school lunches since the first grade, and now I was rescued in the fifth grade, that was the final straw. They saved my life. There is no doubt in my heart, my hand on the Bible, they saved my life. So I always celebrate, I used to celebrate Rescue Day by visiting the teachers back in the day. In my young 30s, I was involved, in, I was still in the Air Force flying. I was a counselor in juvenile hall. And, and I would visit them and, 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 and you know, do a school presentation because I was doing school assemblies at the time, like, be good, think, you know, uh, uh, you know, act accordingly. You know, don't give in to these things. You know, if, if you have a problem, let's talk about, let's work it out. I would do school assemblies and praise my teachers and spread the good word. And that became like a one-day event. Then I would do an evening event uh, 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 so the teachers could get their CEUs. Then uh, it got to the point that I would come down, it'd be two days, three days. And then it got to the point that Miss Constant, my teacher, the Lewis Greek teacher, I one time bought a bouquet of flowers that was almost as big as her. And she's a small little thing, you know, like five foot two or something like that. So one time, I swear to you, I had a bouquet that was over three feet long. We couldn't even put it in the trunk of her car. It was so big. To outdo myself, I'd take him to dinner at Westlake Joe's. They all used to hang there when I was a little kid. That was the place to go. And to outdo myself, when a couple of teachers retired, I brought them a Dom Perignon champagne, which is pretty James Bond fancy champagne. Of course, I forgot to buy a bottle for myself. At the end, the last time I went to visit, you know, and Mr. Ziegler was retired at that time. Everybody had moved on. Uh, it, was a, it was a Pelzer Palooza. Seven, del seven days of Pelzermania, visiting just about every school, doing in-service trainings at night for the teachers, uh, visiting juvenile halls, doing in-service training at the local colleges for, for, for nurses, to, for child abuse awareness and prevention. It was such an honor. When I moved from northern to southern California, I, I got involved with helping people out in program. If they're a new in program, Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, 
I would talk about the Band-Aid effect. Basically saying, I'm glad you're in program, but you got to look deeper. Stop drinking or stop using drugs is only half of the issue. What's making you do drugs excessively or drinking excessively? As a firefighter, we do this. People fall down. They, they crack their head. Call the ambulance. Call an air ambulance, a helicopter. But the question we have to ask him is, what made you fall? Yes, we're going to band-aid your wound. What made you fall? Did you, did, did you trip? Did you black out? Were you faint? Have you been drinking water? Have you been drinking alcohol? Are you dehydrated? We want to find out what made you fall to prevent it from happening again. Hence the Band-Aid effect. I was so honored to do that back in the day. And then years later when I became a firefighter and eventually became a captain and then I served in Monte Rio while still serving up in the Sea Ranch area, you know, I thought I would celebrate my rescue day by working there. And I worked, I think, uh, three years, uh, three good years at, at my rescue day at the, the Monte Rio Fire District. And I was so proud to do that. And this year I was going to give you a real good show, real, real big show and talk about renewal of life and springtime and 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 f I love to plant flowers I even had this 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 story that 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 was it's a comical story and I can't do it on this program I'm gonna have to do it another time but I was gonna call it no act of kindness goes unpunished and it basically it's a true story you can't make it up it's too strange for fiction about imagine Larry David meets Albert Brooks meets Mr. Magoo in which I had the best of intentions of doing something for someone else, but it kind of pretty, 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 pretty much backfired. And I think, I really think this, ladies and gentlemen, on another side note, <laughs> I think ladies, girls get away with stuff more than boys do. It's true. I believe it's true. Ladies can flirt a little bit or give you a wry smile or they might have a full paw, but they can get away with because, yep, they're pretty, pretty, pretty much ladies. I think there's a little Larry David in every guy because the character of Larry David gets into situations which he has no intent of doing, but he gets, he says something stupid, does something stupid, and he gets caught all the time. I remember I was with the lovely uh, 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 Kay Pelzer, Mrs. Pelzer. We're watching Larry David, and she's looking at him and looking at me like, you guys are just stupid. I'm going, yep, that's how God made us. It's not our fault. It's really how God made us. Pretty, 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 pretty stupid. But I had a good uh, uh, th th thing with you. And it, uh, there, what I like about, you know, it's, it's hard. i got to say this. Sometimes it's hard being a guy. It's hard being a guy because, again, we just do stupid things. We don't mean to. We're just stupid, okay? We're not the brightest sex of the sexes. We're, we're probably not the smartest of the sexes. There was an episode in, in, which, in which I think it was George Costanza and Jerry Seinfeld were at a producer's house. The producer got sick, and they had to hold a meeting in the house, and somehow George and Jerry were involved with them getting sick at a restaurant. And this guy's going, okay, hang on. I, mm, stomach ache. I got to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. And a few seconds later, here comes the character uh, played by Denise Richards, the, the, the lovely young Denise Richards at the time. And, 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 and Jerry's looking at her, but only for a second. And then he pokes his friend George Costanza. Hey, check this out. And Denise Richards is bending over in front of him, them. 
And you're, yep, Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks. And George is looking longer than he should. And right behind him, the father, the producer, goes, Hey, Costanza, take a photo. It will last longer. And, of course, they say, the, produ the, the producer guy says, we, you, you, You're both perverts. Get out of my house. There's no deal. Get out of here. Get out of here. So back at the house, Jerry's like, what the hell are you doing, George? I gave you a poke for a peek. You can't stare into the sun. It burns your eyes. You just got to give it a glance. You can't look at it. But George, being the stupid guy that he is, screwed that up, didn't he? Yep, yep, yep. So like I said, ladies and gentlemen, I had planned to, to, to give you a lighthearted show because we're coming out of COVID. And I'm going to say this nicely. Please keep your mask available. Please. We're not out of it yet. I really believe it's going to take years and years and years. Maybe the rest of my lifetime, there's going to be different variants. There's going to be different surges. Like I said, it's like a tsunami. The big wave, then the big to medium wave, then the medium wave, and medium to small wave. There's going to be little waves, little surges. There is. And there's going to be different variants. There is, which is why we still have to get our shots, get our boosters. I keep, I'm going to keep mine in my vehicle. If you're a lady, keep a couple in your purse. If you're a mom, keep a lot in your purse. Uh, uh, keep it in your first aid bag. Think about that. Keep your mask in your first uh, aid bag and your glove compartment. Have them at the ready just in case. But I'm saying I had planned to talk about how we're doing better with COVID and so forth. And, and folks, here's what we need to do, too. And another side note. We need to be grateful and thankful to all the people, whether it's the politicians, you know, uh, uh, even with Mr. Trump, President Trump, and I'm not a fan of, of, of that particular president, and I'm being honest, but him and his administration got the warp speed going. you got to be grateful for that, whatever side of politics you're on, you know, and then the current president doing what he's and him and his staff have done. We should be grateful for that, and our governors and our mayors, and our civic leaders, and then, of course, our doctors, our nurses, our specialists. We should be so proud that we still had trash that was picked up, propane was delivered, food was delivered. You know, and hopefully we'll be grateful when we go to a restaurant, maybe tip the girl or the waiter a couple dollars more than, than we normally would. Chew the food a little bit slower, like, wow, this is good steak. I guarantee you this, this, this summer is going to just, we're going to rock it off its rails hamburgers and barbecues and kids playing in the river and riding their bikes. We're just going to sit and smile. So I had planned to do that. But ladies and gentlemen, and we'll do, I'll try to do that the next show. But I have to say this, ladies and gentlemen, and it breaks my heart, but in good conscience, I just can't do it. I have to address this, the sickness, the disgusting sickness of the invasion of Ukraine. And one word I just think is, is despicable is there is, no, there is no rhyme or reason for this. I can't figure this out. I've told you all before, and I've said it a thousand times to anybody who happens to be a friend of mine. I've made their ears bleed. I said, folks, you've got to understand something. Putin, who I call Rasputin, there is a nickname, Rasputin I call him. You have to be pretty smart in history to get that reference. Rasputin is Ernst Stravos Blofeld, the head of a sinister secret society called Spectre. 
Spectre, pardon my language, they're badasses. They're the, they are the most notorious group in the world. Of course, it's a fictional organization from the Ian Fleming James Bond novels slash movies. I'll never forget in the movie Dr. No, the first James Bond movie, uh, Joseph Weisman plays Dr. No, the bad guy. There is a detective. His name is James Bond. And even Dr. No calls him. You're just a stupid police officer whose time has come and gone. And, and James Bond's trying to make a deal. See, Spectre wants, Dr. No wants Bond to come become a Spectre agent. Bond wants Dr. No to come to the West. He says, whatever you want, we'll pay you. We, you're a scientist. We need your services. He says, Mr. Bond, you just don't get it. East, West, North, South are just points of the compass. And you're just a stupid policeman. His time has come and gone. Mr. Bond. And the way it was said, like, oh, my God, these guys, they want to see the world burn. Remember the movie Batman, The Dark Knight, The Joker? Some people want to see the world burn. I'm just a dog who chases a car. And once I get it, I just don't know what to do with it. I mean, the craziness within the craziness. And that's what this invasion is, ladies and gentlemen. It's just, and I've also said, too, if, 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 if Putin is, per se, the Blofeld the real-life Blofeld, does that kind of make uh, Mr. Trump the evil henchman? Days before the invasion, President Trump, and I call him President Trump out of etiquette and protocol. He's always the president, ladies and gentlemen. Like him, love him, whatever. He's always the president. President Trump actually came out and said to somebody, wow, that guy Putin is so smart. Wow, he really knows how to get things done. And I guess that is true, because, again, this is an invasion. Uh, Putin was trying to say that, uh, uh, that, 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 that he, was, he, was, he, he, he was trying to frame, frame the Ukraine uh, visitation. <laughs> A show up for us. Yeah, okay. Uh, uh, he was trying to, what you have to do, ladies and gentlemen, in any conflict, in any wars, you have to have an enemy. You have to frame the enemy. you got to put the enemy in the box and make them the most notorious villain there is, which is why uh, we got to do this. We're obligated to do this. So one of the things that, 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 that Putin declared about the president of Ukraine, and, and when I heard it, I thought, okay, I, I did not hear that. I'm going to have to play that back. And I played it back several times when I was doing, uh, when I heard it on the news. He, he tried to claim that the president of Ukraine, and by the way, the reason why I'm not saying the president's name is I don't want to mess up his name. I don't want to be disrespectful. So, again, the president of Ukraine <coughs> was framed by Mr. Putin, who wanted to declare his, his, his intentions. He, Putin basically said that the president of Ukraine was a fascist. I'm like, did I miss what? We're talking about the president of Ukraine is a fascist. Eastern... Europe, a fascist, whoa, and claimed he had ties to the Nazis. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I did not. Let's play that again, Sam. Play it again. And you know what? I, you know, that uh, half of what Putin said is kind of maybe a little bit true. Now, just bear with me. I know. Put down your mugs. Okay. Put down your mugs of coffee. If you're having adult libation, you're going to put it down for a few seconds because I got to be truthful. Okay, pretty, pretty, pretty truthful here. Uh, yeah, it's true. It's true. 
the, the president of Ukraine does have some ties with the Nazis. Yes, it's true. He's Jewish. Yep. Yep, the president of Ukraine is a little Jewish. Just, uh, you know, he's Jewish. So, yeah, I think, uh, I think he does have ties to the Nazis. Hates him. Hates him. So I don't understand the thought process of Putin. Because I think he's just trying to spew anything he can to get people to believe him. Because back in the day, back in the day of the Soviet Union, and folks, I don't know if I've told you, but I've studied, I've read books on Khrushchev, Brezhnev, Stalin, the whole ideology. Uh, when I was in the Air Force, at one time for about a year, once a month, I would play the role of a Zampolet. A Zampolet is a Soviet political officer. And what I did, I would visit these different classrooms for young airmen and talk about ideology of Soviet Union compared to you. We Medikanskis, you have Madonna and sex and narcotics. We have no such thing in Soviet Union. Everything for us is about Rodinia. The motherland. How can we best serve the motherland? We are all <coughs> perfect in Soviet unions. You people have not by problems, problemos. It was all propaganda. And they controlled the propaganda. What is the old line? I think Hitler did it perfectly. If the lie is big enough, it's hard to disprove. Does that make sense? So Putin in his mind, and I don't know what's going on because I, I can't figure out what X equals. Okay? Uh, 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 the invasion of Iraq, oil. Duh, follow the money. Show me the money. There's usually something there when you invade a country, when you take a country over. So I don't know if he's after minerals. I don't know if it's another power grab like Georgia. Not the one in the south, by the way. No, I know this. Uh, 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 is there someone said, well, he's after corn. I'm going, really? We kind of, uh, I don't know about that. And, but someone said, too, and I kind of agree with it, is there, one, a physical illness? Does, does, Mr. does President Putin have, like, a cancer, and he's going to die, and he wants to die by suicide by war? Is it a mental thing? And, and I did some more research, ladies and gentlemen. The president of France had four meetings with the president of, 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 of Russia. Uh, the last one, I think, was in 2020. And they're trying to develop a friendship. And, and, and the last meeting that the two presidents had, the president of France said, there's something wrong with this guy. His thought process, he seems eager and anger, and he seems like he's just set off about everything. So there's, there's got to be something wrong here. Initially, they thought about 100, pardon me, 30,000 troops. No, 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 80,000 troops. No, 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 100,000. No, 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 130,000 troops to scare the Ukrainians. Wow. Hmm. Okay. All right. But look at this, too, though. I mean, when I talk about, you know, when the lie is big enough, it's harder to disprove. you got to have a supervillain. Uh, uh, the Bush administration, uh, uh, back in the day, the second Bush, Bush administration, they, they, they vilified Saddam Hussein. And I bought it. And here's why I bought it. And people, I, I was wrong, and I admit it, but I bought it. But here's the reason why I bought it. I bought into the invasion of Iraq because generals don't lie. If you're a member of the armed forces, the higher you go up the chain of command, you've got to be squeaky clean. 
Everything about your word is your bond. You, every, everything you say, do, how you walk, talk, act, dress is, has to be perfect. There was, on a side story, a one-star general who was divorced for five, seven years was going to date a lady who happened to be a secretary who was widowed. They, did, they, they, they didn't even go out on the date. They had talked about going out on a date. He was fired. He was fired. He was shown the door, asked to retire early because it didn't look right. Generals don't lie. They can say, well, are we invading uh, Syria? I can't tell you. Mm, I really don't know. You can skirt, but you can't out and out lie. So when the former secretary of state, or pardon me, when the secretary of state at the time and the former chairman of the armed forces, the highest rank you can have in the armed forces, stated at the United Nations, hey, Saddam Hussein is after nuclear materials. He will build a bomb. Hey, he's got mobile transports that are making chemical agents, nerve agents that can be delivered anytime, anywhere in an envelope, in a suitcase. That's when I when I saw the general say that, when I saw my general say that, when I when when I heard the Secretary of State say that, I said, this is it. That's the final straw. Get him. Get him. Get that guy. And I was wrong. Generals don't lie, but you have to have a super villain. Does, does, does that make sense? Because back in the day, the Soviet Union, before the fall of the Soviet Union, Back in the day, they controlled the propaganda. They controlled the message. The message was, okay, 40, 60 years, we're all going to be rich. We're all going to have everything. Everything will be fine in 20, 40 years. Okay, hang on. 60 years. Okay, <laughs> 65 years. And everybody bought into it. Uh, uh, Khrushchev, if I remember correctly, and I'm doing this off the top, Khrushchev was in charge of uh, agriculture, and part of his thing was like potatoes. And Stalin would say, okay, how's the potato thing going? And Khrushchev knew, oh, man, we're down 20%. And his friends would say, no, no, say you're up 20%, because if you say you're down, they'll kill, kill you. You'll be killed. Your family will be off to a gulag, okay, a concentration camp. Your name will never be mentioned again. Oh, we, we produce 20% more potatoes than we did before. We're doing great, Mr. Stalin. We're doing fantastic. And yet people were starving and dying. They had to control the message. The folks were brainwashed. These folks were so badly brainwashed. Here's some history for you. History 101, Victor Belenko. I think his uh, Lieutenant Victor Belenko, First Lieutenant Victor Belenko, defected, I believe, in 1975 in a MiG-25, the most advanced, as we thought, the most advanced fighter at its time. The sole purpose of that jet was to shoot down my beloved SR-71 Blackbird. It never happened. They couldn't get the computers to line up and, and the missiles and all the math involved. See, the Soviet Union produces a lot of weapon systems, but not the best weapon systems. They're done cheaply and quickly. We'll discuss more on that later. When Viktor Belenko defected and came to the United States, they took him to, they had an agent live with him for a couple of years. He left his wife and his kid and he really, you know, at the time, believed the machine, the Soviet uh, Union machine. The CIA agent takes him, oh, you're going to come to my house. Oh, we got to go to a supermarket. We got to go to a Piggly Wiggly, a Safeway, a supermarket. They go in the front. Belenko freaks out and runs behind it. 
because he thought it was all a facade. So much produce, so much meat, so many cereal boxes. It's all, it's all fake. I, this is all fake, fake, fake. Went behind it and freaked out and was actually fainting. And the agent says, take a deep breath, slow down. I know this is a lot. But I hear uh, 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 racial tensions. Yes, we do, but not like you think. What about this? It's not as bad as you think. We have a lot of things we're working on. We're not perfect. No country's perfect. But this is real. It's just this too, when I was rescued, I thought for sure my mom was going to get me. I wouldn't turn a corner. I would actually urinate on myself. I'd be so nervous. If you left me alone in a corner of a room, I would freak out because I knew my mom had these clutches, these tentacles. was going to snap or sna- snag me away. And throw me back in the bottom of the basement. I was when I was rescued. Was when I was scared to death. And this would happen with Belenko because he was just so brainwashed. But Dave, come on, man. They had free toilet paper. They had free boots. Yes, that is correct. Rodinia, Motherland, provide free free toilet paper. Not like your Charmin, that's for sure. And yes, yes, they each family got three rolls of toilet paper every week. Three rolls of toilet paper every week. A family of five, three rolls of toilet paper. Let's do the math. I probably go through, come on. I'm an adult. You're an adult. Big deal. I probably go through a roll of toilet paper once every three days. And I'm, 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 I'm all alone. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Okay, next. They would stand in line for six to eight hours for three rolls of toilet paper. Or, hang on, free boots. Das boots. It's free, okay? You get a boot. You get a boot. You get a boot. Yes, you get a boot. Doesn't necessarily mean boots. And it doesn't matter if it's a boy boot or a girl boot, a man boot, or a woman's boot. You got a boot. Eight hours, you got a boot. Might be the wrong size. Maybe the two boots you got are two different uh, kind of boots. This one's for winter. This one's for summer boot. Okay, now get out. Unbelievable. (coughs) And yes, in the late 80s, I was reading reports because I'm a psychological voyeur. And I made friends with this intelligence officer, and he gave me a piece of paper. He says, this is classified. I'm going, this is classified? Oh, my God. And I read it. I'm going, oh, my gosh, I understand it. And we both said five to eight years. What? Yeah, we give the Soviet Union five to eight years before it crumbles. Why? Mickey Diskis. People were standing in line for Mickey Diskis' Big Mac attack. Where's the beef? It's at the Mickey D's. People were spending vast sums of money called rubles to stand in line at McDonald's to get the Big Mac sandwich and McRib sandwich and supersize those fryskies. Yes, of course. And cookie colas. Cookie colas. That's right. We knew we had them. God, can you imagine if they had Victoria's Secrets back in the day? <laughs> Sorry. Okay, this is how my brain works. If you're new to the show, just roll with it. Don't try to change it, okay? We have fun here at the show, all right? And the show goes on. It is amazing, ladies and gentlemen, the true demise of the Soviet Union as they overreached. It was three things. It was the major demise of the Soviet Union. First was SDI. Yep, SDI, the fictional Star Wars of SDI. The second was Afghanistan. The one country, I think the only one that basically took it was Alexander the Great. And he got the hell out of there. You know, and that was just terrible. David and Goliath in Afghanistan. The third, believe it or not, was Chernobyl. Mm-hmm. They couldn't, the expense, the PR, they couldn't contain the lie. 
they could not contain the lie. And if you haven't seen the show, I think it's a six-part miniseries on HBO. It was done a couple years ago. It was done perfectly. Check it out. It talked about how it was built, the flaws, the system, the lies, the political lies, you know, and trying to hide the lies within the lies and who's going to take the fall for it. And that was the basic, the three reasons why the Soviet Union crumbled. We spent more, we outspend them. In Afghanistan, it was David and Goliath. The Mahajin were called freedom fighters. And they said, everybody who's, this is where you come to die. That's what the Mahajin would say to the, Af- to, to, to the, to, 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 to the Soviet uh, uh, soldiers. This is where countries come to die. We've been here thousands of years. And we'll be here a thousand years after your dust. Wow. How frightening is that? You've got Hein 24 helicopters. You've got tanks. You've got weapon systems. They use nerve agents on women and children. How do you justify that? You invade a country, one of the oldest countries in the history of this planet, and you, you're so, pardon my language, you're such a badass, you kill women and children with nerve agents? Oh, please. But again, David and Goliath, unbelievable. And now we're seeing that again. We're seeing that again. David and Goliath, 40 miles. 40 miles of trucks. Now, I did the math, and I'm going to try to try to say this slowly. We have a 40-mile train of trucks. The trucks were about 25 feet in length. Okay. So every 100 feet, there's four trucks. There's approximately 52 trucks per mile times 40 times 4 times 5 lanes. The bottom line is there's over 42,240 trucks, transports, uh, uh, water buffaloes, fuel trucks, uh, troops, ammos, APCs. Over 42,000 vehicles and this 40-mile David and Goliath. And you know what? They're, 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 these guys, they're, they're not, these, these guys of Ukraine are not going quietly into the night, ladies and gentlemen. These folks, God bless them, they're, they're, they're taking out these, some of these trucks with something called anti-tank missiles, which is overkill. If it's big enough to destroy a tank with armor... It's knife, it's hot, it's a hot knife and butter for some of these trucks. You know, and, and it's, it's, it reminds me, a little lighthearted here, ladies and gentlemen, I just saw a film that I want everybody to see. It's the most amazing film I've seen in years. It's the funniest film I've ever seen in years. It's called Killing Gunther. Write that down, that will be on the test. Write that down. If you want a good laugh, watch the film Killing Gunther. I don't know how you're going to watch it. Showtime, HBO, Netflixies, or YouTube, or you, you, Hulu, Peacock. I can't keep up with all this stuff, ladies and gentlemen. It's called Killing Gunter. And what it is, it's filmed as a documentary. These punk kids, these millennial kids, you know, they're kind of semi-wimpy kids, but they want to be, they want to kill the most notorious hitman in the world, whose name is Gunther, played, of course, by Arnold Schwarzenegger. 
And Gunther has killed presidents and drug cartels and sicarios. He kills everybody. You give him the money, he kill you, all right? And, 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 and this is the perfect vehicle for Schwarzenegger because he uses the line like, I got to go to the chopper or I'll be back. Did you get it? I'll be back. That was new. You like that, huh? I mean, he plays himself perfectly as Gunther. And there's a scene in which Gunther sees the guys uh, across the street, and the guys think we got Gunther cornered, and they just they just they're just shooting stuff in the building, throwing bombs in the building, and blow, trying to blow the building up, whatever. And Gunther's like, "Now watch this." He Gunther blows up the block, killing some of the the, the millennials. Blows up the block, and then he says, "Now." Get me the bazooka. What? I know. Overkill. Get me the bazooka. I killed them all. At the end, though, Gunther retires. And, you know, and he helps out the old people who are growing organic tomatoes. Oh, this one's going to be great with the tomato sauce and the spaghetti and the pasta. This is good, Grandpa. This is fantastic. He says, I'm retired now, and I'm building the chalet. And it shows the chalet. Oh, it's so big and beautiful. He says, if anybody needs to be terminated, trust me, it's the general contractor. So always trying to screw you. And Gunther, of course, discovers that he can sing. Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> playing Gunther, sings country music. If you have to see it for just five seconds of the film, when the man loves the woman as much as he can, because the woman loves the man for all that he can. And it's like, look out, God Brooks, I'm coming to get you. I I'm going to get the Emmy. I'm going to get the Grammy. I get them all. And there's this little producer, musical producer guy. What do you think? This is awesome. It's fantastic. And the guy's like shaking in his boots. Yes, Gunther, this is a this is a gold record. I know the single's going to drop. Look out, Miley Cyrus. It's just an amazing piece of film. But what I'm really trying to say is, you know, this this is a David and Goliath story. And 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 it, it just it, it, it breaks my heart because on the serious side of this whole thing, I think we're in the day seven of the invasion and that's what it is. It's not a conflict. It's not a disagreement. It's a full scale invasion. There's over two thousand people, Ukraine's already dead, including women and children. How sad is this? Over eight hundred thousand refugees are flooding into Poland, and that's just Poland, ladies and gentlemen. You know, you have a problem with me, you come to me. You're so high and mighty, Russia, Soviet Union, or the, whatever, Putin. Why are you bombing apartment buildings that has nothing to do with the political structure? You're so smart. You've got weapons of, uh, of tech. We, we have better technology than the Americanskis. Well, why don't you just drop a bomb on the, on, on, on the headquarters of the presence? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want that to happen, but I'm going, why do you have to target women and children? Who have, and, of course, it's always the people that have nothing that suffer the most. You know what broke my heart is seeing, I don't know if you noticed it, but the, 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 the luggage. They're, they're taking rollers on luggage like you and I go on a, a trip to, to Paris or to Disneyland or to a national park. You take your luggage on rollers. And so you see these little kids pulling their luggage as they're still wearing their masks from COVID. So on top of everything, on top of COVID, unemployment, you can't get water, you can't get milk, you can't get pork chops, you can't get your cell phone device, whatever, 
in the middle of COVID. We're coming out of COVID, and now there's a full-scale invasion. But I'm going to say this with love in my heart, ladies and gentlemen, and I've said this before, and I, will, I stand by this. When things are bad, when things are at their darkest, this is where humanity shines. Whether it's a divorce. Two things I did smart in my divorces, and I'm very ashamed of that, that I was divorced more than once. The smartest thing I did when Stephen's mother and I divorced is I never said anything bad about him or about her to my son. I was getting bludgeoned. Dad, mom says you're a loser because you work all the time. My uncle and aunt say you're a loser because you work all the time. You don't party. You're born. You're a loser, Dad. That's what they say. You know what? That's their opinion, Steve. Your mother doesn't work. Your stepfather has never worked. So I have to work harder to make sure that you have food and clothes and you're protected, son. Hmm. Okay. And I said, son, make your own decision. I can only be the best person that I can be. The smartest thing I did over a few years ago when Kay and I divorced, and I talk about a lot of things that are very sensitive if you're new to the show. The smartest thing I did is I gave her everything. Anything she, I, 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 would, I would take hours. I, I had to unpack her things that I packed because I put them in tall boxes, and she's, you know, I'm a tall guy. I says, I got to put them in smaller boxes so she won't fall into the box. And I folded everything and, and then put it nice and neat. Some of it I ziplocked for her. I wanted it to be nice for her. We didn't fight about a darn thing. I don't think we had a single disagreement about the divorce. She wanted the lamps, take the lamps. You want this, take it. If it makes you happy, take it, take it. <coughs> we did not have a disparaging word. And, and maybe it looked affable and weak, but I thought it was the right thing to do. So whether it's cancer or a divorce, COVID or war, you find out who you are and what you're made of and what is really important. You want to talk about humanity? The French chef. I've never heard of this guy. I'm going to go back to Paris just so I can hug this guy. This gentleman from France comes over and he brings his food trucks with him so he can meet some of these refugees when they cross the border. He gives him a chef meal, his own time and expense, and I guess he's got more trucks coming and coming and coming. So it's amazing. These families come in. They have, ne imagine you're a mom, a father, you got kids, they're hungry. There was a, there was the kid, uh, someone grabbed the little baby, and you can see the diaper was soiled and leaking, Okay. Imagine, hey, here's a meal, a fresh, hot, nice meal, and take one to go. By the way, go see that girl, and she's going to give you a nice, clean wool blanket. Oh, by the way, they're giving out crayons with coloring books. Now, that's not a lot. You just lost everything. But isn't it nice when you have nothing? You're coming from a war zone. Your life, as you know, is over, and someone does something nice for you. A stranger does something nice for you. And the darkest of hours is when humanity shines through. And here's what the Soviet, or here's what Putin did not, did not think about. The little soldiers, these young soldiers. A young, young soldier texted his mom before he died. He said, Mama, this is so hard. And that was his last text he sent to his mom. Another young soldier texted his mom saying, we were told this is a training exercise. What are we doing here? What are we doing to these people? What did they do to us? And of course, I wish I was, 
I had a show like Jimmy Kimmel or Steve Colbert. Or, you know what, I, I, I've decided as of today, I want to meet John Oliver. I want to meet John Oliver and say, you know what, we were both geeks in school. Mm-hmm. I'm still geeky. You're uh, not so geeky. You're a rich geek. And we both wear glasses, and we both have a very twisted, uh, pretty, pretty, pretty much sense of humor. Because there was this, uh, he, he talked about this little old lady who confronted armed soldiers, plural. She's going, what are you doing here? What are you doing here with your guns? Ladies, please, please, little old lady, get out of the way. I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to do anything to upset the situation. What do you mean upset the situation? You're invading my country. Get out. Ma'am, please get out of the way before something bad happens. Okay, I'll leave. But before I leave, I got a little gift for you. She reaches into her pocket and has the man open up the palm of his hand and gives the young boy sunflower seeds. And the Russian's like, what, what, what is this about? Take them and put them in your pocket so when you die, something will grow. Whoa. And <clears throat> I don't know if the, pardon me, if the Russians know this, sunflower seeds are the Ukrainian national flower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ain't that something? So think about that. That, that, that uh, When I was a kid, just bear with me. When I was a kid in foster care, you always got beat up. If you're the new kid, you got beat up. Sometimes they stole yourself from your pillow bag. You got beat up, and you had to learn to defend yourself. You really did. And if a guy had a rock and threw it at you, you learned very quickly you got to get a bigger rock and throw it at him. And you're going to hit him. <coughs> Excuse me. you got to hit him. Otherwise, they keep pelting you with rocks. So there's, 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 a, there's a lesson. The lesson was never bring a knife to a gunfight. So this little old lady from Ukrainian Pasadena, I'm going to call her, brought flowers to a gunfight, and pardon my language, she kicked ass. How do, you, how, how do you rebuttal from that? You've got armed weapons. You've got tanks right behind you, and the little old lady tells you when you die, flowers will grow. There's no retort for that. There's no, oh, quid pro quo. You know, and, and, and it's... it's, it's I remember years ago, because again, you're, 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 I try to be a good historian for you. I've, I've studied the Roman Empire. I've studied Egypt, you know, and, 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 and I've, I've watched a lot of films, again, read a lot of books. And I, if I'm correct, <coughs> excuse me, I'm sorry, the last Caesar to enter Rome, and there would be thousands of people on the streets. It took days to, 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 to paint the buildings and have the flowers. And what the, the, the new Caesar would do was rent a crowd. And the louder you were, the more you cried, the more money you got. And, and they would hire actors. Oh, you're the best Caesar ever. You've only been in Rome in five, in, for five seconds, but my life has changed because of you, Caesar. All hail Caesar, the greatness of Caesar. And the tradition was, is, is, is if you took over a country, whatever your biggest foe was, your biggest enemy, is you had him in the back of the chariot. And the now enslaved, because what it was when you came over to party with Caesar, is, is that y- they would show off, okay, that guy used to be the king. That guy was a Gaul. This guy was this. This person was that. And, uh, you know, it kind of show off, this is how bad we are. This is how, this is how notorious we are. We're going to make that guy our slave and tease him for the rest of his life. So when they entered Rome, the, the former chief or king or whoever 
uh, would be in the chariot behind Caesar holding the crown, the, gro- the golden crown. And I'll never forget this. Look how, and Caesar's like, look how great I am. I took your country in a matter of months. You're all my slaves. Rome owns you. Rome owns you. Look how much these people love me. I'm so powerful. I'm so great. And the slave holding the crown whispered into Caesar's ear and says, always remember this. All power is fleeting. Ain't that something? And now there are protests all over the world. Every country on this planet is protesting, to my knowledge, every, just about every country on this planet is protesting the invasion of Ukraine, it, including 6,000 people that were arrested this last Saturday in Moscow. How do you arrest 6,000 people? How do you book them? How do you, do, you, do you put them in a jail? Where do you put them? 6,000 arrested in St. Petersburg? More protest? I drove into town today, my small little town in the Russian River, Greenville. There's protests there in my small little town, for God's sakes. And things are getting so bad for Pewdie. Rasputy. I'm sorry, I'm going to have an Oprah moment and cry. Things are getting so bad for Rasputin that as of today, he was stripped. He was stripped of his honorary rank of black belt. You know, things are pretty serious when they take away your honorary black belt there, Rasputin. So to be serious for a second, ladies and gentlemen, as we begin to celebrate spring-a-ding-ding, post-COVID world, let's take a deep sigh, a deep breath, and pay homage, respects, and prayers for the people of Ukraine. And I somehow pray, if, if you're Ukrainian in America, please have them listen to this show. If not my show, another show from somebody else to let these people know that they're not alone, that the world is with you all. Whether it takes days, weeks, or months, light will triumph over darkness. Always and forever. So ladies and gentlemen, that is our show. And I very much thank you for taking the time to listen. And I hope and pray this puts things in perspective. My heart is broken. Never expected this. No one did. I don't think. It's just, un- it's, it, in this day and age, we haven't had something like this since the year of our Lord, 1945, for God's sakes. But I hope and pray for peaceful resolve. And again, thank you for taking the time to listen to this process this show, please. If there's something that you can do, a prayer or a donation, please do that. So as always, I want to thank our very good friends at Pat Metheny, Pat Metheny Group, and Pat Metheny Management for allowing us to use their beautiful songs. I always say please listen to the songs. It gives you solace. It gives you strength. And, uh, you know, be well. Particularly nowadays, you know, in the course of a life, one never knows what events may transpire. And that's why I always say, and again, this is for our good folks and the people of Ukraine, please keep the faith. Know that you're not alone. Keep the faith because you never know what the tide's going to bring in the next day. So as always, ladies and gentlemen, please do as much as you can 
or as many as you can for as long as you can. And these words are these these words are such precious nuggets for people that are oppressed. People have been violated, people have been invaded. So this is your host, Dave Pelzer. I'm speaking to you with a heavy heart in my own voice. Attempting to try to save America and the world at large from itself, starting with me. So until next time, please take good care. And as always, good day, good luck, and God bless. Thank you.